This is the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Blanc, episode number 73. You ready? You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your host, Michael Blanc. I talk about the first deal a lot, and that's because the first deal is like a giant domino that if you do your first multifamily deal of any size, you will have replaced your income in two to three years. I call it the law of the first deal. I'm still looking for additional data points to disprove it. And in the process, I find more that actually prove it. The law of the first deal is so incredibly powerful, which is why I focus everything that I do on that first deal. It's like that giant domino. Once it falls, it's really hard to push over. takes a long time. Once it falls, that second or third domino falls in rapid, almost automatic succession. You don't even have to try. And the people that have done their first deal have replaced your income within two to three years of deciding to do multifamily, not from when they do their first deal, but when they decide. I go back to the source. When did you decide that you're going to stop doing single family houses and to go multifamily? When did you decide that you wanted to change your life? It's really that decision point. It all boils down to that. Most people can remember the exact instance in time when they decided to go multifamily. And I measure time elapsed from that particular point. And almost, well, actually without exception at this point, within one to three years, sometimes even less, I've talked to two recently that have done it in less time than that, they will have replaced their income with apartment building income. And in most cases, in almost all cases, that's without prior experience. And in most cases, without any of their own money. Today, I want to explore that subject again. I'm bringing on a former guest on the show, Brad Tasha, who I brought in episode 55. Now, back then, he had already done a few deals and it was on his way to replacing his his job, which he did in May or so. And I want to get him back because I want to get his perspective on things. I mean, once the dust has settled, he's been on home now for two to three months. His wife's like, what are you doing here during the day? He goes, yeah, I, I don't have to work anymore. And his complete world is like is like turned upside down. He's got parts of his brain that he hasn't didn't even know existed. He's thinking about stuff he didn't have time to think about. So I want to get him back on the show because he's got some perspective now on things now. And I want to get him back and I want him to talk about the transition from a full-time job to full-time investing and how that went for him because he had a really demanding job. So I wanted him to kind of talk about the secret from transitioning from from job to basically none and kind of what he did to get there. So without further ado, let's get in the interview. Hey, Brad, welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me, Michael. Yeah, man, it's been great to have you on the show again because we had you back a little while. You had just replaced your income with apartment building income, and that's kind of why we had you on the show. And you know, quite a bit has happened since then, and I wanted to kind of get you back on that. You actually quit your job since then. You've had some perspective. You started helping other people kind of do the same thing that you have. So I don't want to go over what we had an episode and I, I don't remember exactly what it is. I'll put it in the show notes. And, 55. But I do want to... At 55. Thank you. Thank you for that. See, gosh darn it. See, the, the guest is more prepared than the host. Fantastic. <laughs> and and But I did want to cover some things that we didn't cover, specifically around how you were able to quit your job and really the role of that first deal because we talk about that first deal a lot and how it is basically like a giant domino that makes a second and third deal kind of fall fairly rapidly. And then kind of your perspective on now that you're essentially financially free, you know, how you architected that 
and what difference it's, it's made in your, in your life. So I uh, really want to kind of go a level deeper than we had. But before we get started, just give a little bit about yourself to kind of get us into the conversation. Yep. Sounds good. So I grew up in uh, Detroit, Michigan, or the suburbs of Detroit all my life. Went to college here. You know, so I've really lived since I was born here. I went to college for engineering. So that was my professional career through my first 15, 20 years or so in the professional world. That's my background. And then I jumped into real estate from there. All right. So we already skipped a step, which is you jumped in real estate. Why in the world did you even think about jumping in real estate? What motivated that? Uh, it was really the downturn, the the recession in 2008, 9, 10. Our company was laying off people left and right. I was a supervisor at the time, so I had to lay some people off myself, which was pretty painful. So, you know, I'm watching friends leave. I'm watching my employees leave. It was just a really depressing time in the industry. And I didn't have a plan B. A lot of people that I knew were in that world and had a plan B. One guy went and became an accountant. Another guy joined the military in their supplier ranks. Everyone seemed to have a plan B if they got let go. I didn't have one. So that scared me into going to find one. So your plan at the time was what kind of real estate investing? That was really before I had any real estate investing plan. So that kicked me into looking into real estate. You know, I read all the books that everyone talks about, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Millionaire Real Estate Investor. Some of those really kind of lit my fire to go look at real estate. What was your plan then? I know you, we've done multifamily. Did you start off with multifamily? Did you do some single family houses first? What was your plan at the time? I started out in single family and my plan was to buy about 10 single family houses and then live off that income. But even before that, at first I was planning, oh, let's put maybe 75% of my investment income in my 401k and maybe 25% will invest in houses. And then as I started buying a couple houses, I saw that it was working pretty well. And then I upped that, okay, let's go 50-50 and it was working better. And then it was 75% houses. I started really making a push hard after that. And I just saw how well it worked and that I can control most of it myself. Why would I invest in stocks? Yeah. And how long did you think that plan was going to take until you had your 10 rental houses? I just found that some of my notes from back then uh, recently, and that was about a 10-year plan. Okay. All right. That's, that's, not, that's not unreasonable. Now, obviously, you got started with multifamily. What precipitated that? Well, uh, in the last podcast, we had talked about my daughter. I put her to bed. I think she was maybe two or three at the time. And she would say, Daddy, do you have to go to work tomorrow? I say, yes. Yeah. She'd get all bummed out. You know, I was missing a lot of my kid's life. So that made me look a little deeper. How can I do this faster? And that's when I started researching apartments. And I met a few people that invest in them. And one thing after another, I could see that that was the path to making this happen a lot faster. Right. And then you obviously you educate yourself and you started analyzing deals. You had some money in your IRA that uh, you decided you were going to withdraw early to kind of fund this thing. And then about six, eight months later, you had this 12 unit that you had under contract. Is that something you did your, yourself on that one? I know you had partners later on. Was that something you did yourself? Yeah. My first 12 unit deal, which was my first apartment deal, I funded that with a home equity loan. So we had actually gone through the Dave Ramsey program and really cut our expenses pretty hard. We saved up our emergency fund and then we actually paid off our house. 
So once we paid off our house, we had all this home equity that was just more or less saving us 4% on a mortgage. I saw that we could make, you know, 30% returns or something like that on apartments. So once I found a good opportunity, I saw that as the way to deploy that home equity. You know, we don't talk about this enough really on the show in general, but you just kind of glossed over an important point, which is you said that you did the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University program where you reduce your expenses. If you think about it this way, if for every $100, let's say you get a rental house, how much how much were you cash flowing on each rental house? Four or five hundred dollars. Quite a bit, right? So for every four hundred dollars or so that you can shave off your living expenses, like buying a house. Exactly. It's very, very powerful and it's something that you control a lot more. Can you talk about that? Because I'm sure it wasn't a very pleasant experience for you and your family. Yep, definitely. My wife wasn't so sure about it at the beginning, but then we started we bought the CDs, the audio program. We listened to the CDs at night after the kids went to bed. So we would listen to a disc per night, you know, over a maybe a six-week time frame, something like that. There's a lot of common sense budgeting in his plan. And we were both able to get on the same page. We both had equal input on our budget, our day-to-day expenses. So we were both really on the same team marching toward the same goal. What was that same goal? Obviously, you had multiple conversations with a wife and she was obviously on board. What were you guys together marching towards? And when we first started it, it was pay off our... We had just a little bit of credit card debt, then we paid off our cars, then we paid off our house. So really, our goal from the start was to pay off the house. Why? So we didn't have a house payment so that if we hit another downturn again, we thought our house would be safe at least. So you obviously had a conversation together to say, look, if this were to happen again or if it had worked out worse, we would have been a real problem and, and we want to take care of that. Is that kind of how the conversation went? Exactly. So the thought at that time really didn't have anything to do with me quitting my job. It was more just about getting the expenses down so that if anything did happen, we would have a solid financial status. Now, over what time period were you able to reduce your expenses in this way? We started the program in 2010. Mm. We paid off our credit cards and cars. And then I think our cars were paid off in 2011. And then we had our house paid off in 2014, 20, mm-hmm. 2013, 2014. And what kind of, I guess, adjustments did you have to make to your living lifestyle to accommodate that? We did a lot less eating out. That was a big place where we were spending a lot of money. The cash budget that Dave Ramsey teaches helped us a ton. So for, like for groceries, we used the cash budget. You know, we would go out and get 700 bucks a month for groceries or something like that. And it was just me, my wife, and one baby at the time. And we would go to Sam's Club and load up on uh, tons of food that, you know, we would end up throwing a lot of it out. And we just saw that we had a lot of waste there. We stopped buying new cars as much. I had a car habit when I was in my 20s. I would waste a lot of money on cars. It was fun, but a lot of wasted money there. Then to the little things like my wife started cutting my hair, <laughs> you know, we looked at our budget anywhere we could cut, we did. Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. And I can't overemphasize enough that, you know, I know we talk a lot about increasing our passive income, but equally impactful is decreasing our expenses. And you've clearly done that. Let's go back to the passive income side. Uh, again, not taking away from the importance of what you guys did on, on the expense side. You close on this 12 unit and then you did a second one. Just about six months later, you close on that second one. You had a partner involved in there. Who was that partner? And what did you guys do for that? 
He was the property manager that I had on the first 12 unit. He was doing a great job on those units. And he was also looking to acquire more apartments. You know, we had talked to the previous owner that owned the first 12 that I bought, and he was looking to sell the second 12. So we partnered up and bought that second 12 that's right next door to the first 12. Right. Now that makes sense. And then, so this was like six months after your first, and then four months after that one, you closed on a 63 unit. Talk about that a little bit. Yep. So that I purchased with a different partner. It's a 50-50 deal that we have. He was actually the realtor that I had purchased a lot of my single family houses with. And over the years, we got to know each other, became friends, and uh, saw that we were both trustworthy people and with a good work ethic. We bought that one together, like you said, four months after the second 12 unit. So when you first started deciding after that third deal, you had covered your living expenses. And if I'm doing the math right, it was just under two years. Yep, that's correct. It went a lot faster than I thought. The way I like to look at it, you know, uh, back to the Dave Ramsey thing for a second, he talks about a debt snowball where you're putting all your excess income, like once you pay off a debt, now you're putting that extra amount into the next one and the next one. And that debt snowball really grows. What I was doing here by buying the apartments is an income snowball. You know, so it's kind of a passive income snowball. So I saw that as the natural progression. Once you're done with your debt snowball, now let's go build that income snowball. Yeah. Brad, what made you think you could even do your first deal? I was nervous as all could be. No question about that. You know, I I read probably 10 different books on apartments, went through some training, met some people who were in the business. And all of that combined started giving me the confidence to go for it. I also did the financial analysis on about 50 apartment complexes. So that gave me the confidence that, okay, now I know how to analyze these deals. I know what I'm looking for. I can see things that stand out. You know, they're always missing something on those financial brochures. Yeah. So one of the critical skills you can acquire is simply analyzing deals because it gives you that skill level. You're starting to use the right language and increases your confidence. So yeah, that's interesting that you hone in on that. Now, the funding for these deals, I know you self-funded those a little bit with your IRA. And I know you withdrew them early and you paid your penalties uh, to Mm -hmm. give you access to the liquidity. Now, looking back on it, had you not had access to your own IRA funds, let's say someone does not have access to IRA funds, what would you have done differently? Would you have just abandoned the idea or would you maybe have done something else? Well, the way I look at it is you look for money in the cheapest way possible and then you go to the more expensive ways. I know not everyone has the IRAs that they can withdraw from that, but I would encourage people to look at the, the home equity first. You know, like that was only a, maybe a 3.3% interest loan at the time. So I would first look at any kind of home equity you have in rentals or your house. Then if you don't have that, check with the IRA. That's a little bit more expensive because you have to pay the taxes and penalty. And then if you don't have that, then I would start looking at syndicating like you teach in your program and I'm one of your coaches now, right? So I'm coaching people to do the same. Really, it's find a good deal. And as you're looking for deals, find investors that want to invest in that type of deal. Well, eventually you run out of your own cash and it's kind of what happened to you. After you had quit your job in early of 2017, you actually syndicated your first deal because exactly that thing, at one point it comes to an end. Tell us a little bit about your experience about syndicating deals. It wasn't nearly as hard as I thought it would be. You know, it's always a little bit awkward to ask for money. But when you look at it more like you're offering people an opportunity to make good money on their investment, 
it's really you're providing a service for people that they don't have access to themselves. You know, generally we can offer a 15 to 20% return for these people who really most of the time the only investment they know is the stock market and their, you know, maybe some stocks and their retirement accounts. So really, if you look at it the way you should, it's you're providing a much better return for these people than they can go get for themselves. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Instead of thinking about you're asking them for money and you're bothering them, think of it more as serving them. You're actually serving them. Exactly. And there's a lot of people who say, look, I shouldn't be taking friends and family money. But really, why would you give someone else a 15% average annual return and not your friends and family, right? So you're actually doing it a disservice is normally the way I look at it. You're actually serving people. People have a problem. They can't get a good return on their money. And you're helping them get a better return on money and managing their risk. So I totally agree with that. So now you've replaced your income. You've did a couple other deals. I think you now own what, a total of 160 units right now? Yeah, apartment units. Yep. Apartment units. Yeah. So that's amazing. Can you break it down for us? What is your secret or secrets to basically becoming financially free in two years? You know, the first part, I think you really need to get your expenses under control. So without your expenses under control, if you're on a shaky financial ground, you're going to struggle to make the advancements in the income side. So I encourage people to get their expenses under control first. And then from there, you can get the income snowball like we talked about going. And there's no better way to learn that than courses like yours, where we can help teach people from step one to step 50. You know, it's a great way to start it. Really, I would have gone much faster if I had started with your program. Well, I appreciate that. But why specifically? Because it walks you step by step, where to start, what kind of properties to look for, where to find them. I was kind of winging it on my own with the books and a little bit of training I did. So it would have saved me probably, I bet, six months. <laughs> it would have been one and a half years from the time that you decided to do multifamily, which is pretty, pretty amazing. Yep. Yeah. Can you talk about why that first deal? Well, first, my observation is I see this a lot is the first deal is always takes the longest is presumably the hardest, but then the second and third deal follow in rapid, almost automatic succession. I kind of kind of call this the law of the first deal. And it certainly happened with you as well. Can you talk about how important that first deal was to your ability to replace your income? It was crucial. You learn to talk the lingo on your first deal. You get a lot of contacts. You know, you get your property manager, a banker, inspectors, brokers, real estate brokers. You get so much of your team in place and you really see the mechanics of how everything's done on the first one, then you see that really it's not that difficult. So you go diving right into the second one and you might learn a little bit different on the second one, but really, you know, 95% you're learning on that first deal. Is it too strong to say that that second and third deal happens almost automatically? Yes. Oh yeah. It becomes addicting really. When you see how much cash flow is coming from your first one. And really, especially when you have a property manager running it, they're doing the heavy lifting. So you're freed up to go look for another one. That income snowball, like I like to refer to it as, you want to grow that snowball so that you can go quit your job or you know, at least take some pressure off your day job. Yeah, exactly right. Now, let's talk about the transition from your job to where you are now, right? I mean, you had a pretty demanding job. You were working like 50 plus hours a week. How in the world did you do this on the side? When I started it, I was uh, an engineering manager. I had 23 employees in my group. 
it was a very, very demanding job. So that was another thing that was pushing me toward it. I just wanted more control over my time. Before my workday started, I would be looking for deals on the internet. At lunchtime, I'd be calling brokers and property managers and whoever I needed to at the time, mortgage brokers. And then after work, I would go swing by apartment complexes and take a look at them. And on the weekend, a little bit too. So it was really using that little bits of time that I would have throughout the day to try to get to my ultimate goal. Yeah, that's pretty amazing because a lot of people say, look, I don't have the time for this stuff, but you clearly did it and you had a pretty demanding job. Pretty amazing. So, so Brad, now that you're essentially financially free, what are you doing with yourself these days? You know, day by day, I can do almost anything I want now. <laughs> so it's uh, fantastic. I'm spending a lot more time with my family. I'm working out more, getting to do a lot of the projects that I have been sitting on the back burner for months or years. Also coaching students with you. I'm definitely enjoying helping people through the path that I went down and teaching them what I've learned along with your program, helping people do the same. Yeah, you and I share the passion for helping people become financially free because it's literally, I mean, it's, it's liberating. I'm wondering if you've gone through a similar kind of mental shift, right? Because the problem is when we're working 50 hours a week providing for our family as a responsibility, it tends to consume our entire bandwidth that we have, our, our, our thoughts and our energy. Mm-hmm. And once that's gone, I found that it has opened me up to thinking more strategically. Have you had any kind of experiences like that? Absolutely. You know, the natural laws of survival, right? You know, you need to eat, you need to sleep, <laughs> you need to so provide for your family. And once you get all of the mundane things out of the way, you can really think more strategically, like you're saying. So what do I want to be doing? What do I want my family to be doing? You can really design your life. Every day is a new opportunity to do something with some impact. What have you come up with since quitting your job and on that order? What, what do we want our lives to be like? What are your thoughts now and how did that maybe compare to before? I'm getting enough sleep now. So I'm starting my day off more rested. So it really starts great there. I'm eating better because I'm not as tired and stressed. I'm spending more time with my family because I'm not gone 12 hours of the day during the week. You know, building stronger relationships with my family and friends, you know, and then bonding with the coaching students. I'm, I'm enjoying that helping teach them, you know, and you're making friends along the way here. So I'm, I'm enjoying that. Yeah. How do you imagine your perfect day? Waking up without an alarm clock. So <laughs> that's uh, how I like to start it. I like to exercise for an hour or so, get some good family time in with my kids and my wife. I like to help the coaching students. I like to go look for new deals myself so that I can uh, make some money myself and then make some money for our investors as well you know, vacationing. We've taken a couple of nice vacations this summer. I don't have to worry about vacation days anymore, you know, so I can't take that trip because I don't have enough vacation days. And yeah, I'm, I'm living like every day is Saturday right now. So I love it. My wife and I talk about that and we really do feel like every day is Saturday now. So we have to look at the calendar. What, what day is today really? <laughs> but they all, all feel like Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I look forward to asking you that same question in a year from now, Brad. I enjoy just seeing you, you know, evolve so rapidly because of the situation you're in right now. How do you want to be remembered, Brad? I don't know if you thought about that. And, you know, at the end of your days, what are your thoughts around that? I want to be seen as a, a family man, a, a helpful person that, you know, help people 
do what I've done or anything that I'm good at that I'm willing to go help someone with. And really, I don't, I want people to not be afraid of taking risks like what I've done because right now I'm 39 years old and I've got, you know, 20, 25 years more retirement. We'll call it retirement. It's not, I don't really consider it that. To me, it's very risky not to go for it. The safe, solid plan is to wait until you're 65, but then you're working your whole life. Most people don't really truly love their jobs. So, you know, you're doing something you don't really love for that many years, 40, 45 years. I really want to inspire people to take that risk, even though I don't consider it that risky. I want to be able to inspire people to do what I've done. So what is your parting piece of guidance for anyone who wants to achieve financial freedom like you did with real estate? It's doable. It's so much more doable than people realize. So it takes some commitment. It takes some dedication. But think about how much of your life you spend at your job. And we can help most people do this in less than five years, right? I was pretty quick on the path because I had some investment money saved up. But I mean, think of a five-year retirement plan versus a 20, 30, 40 year retirement plan. I really want to help people do the same thing. That's awesome. Uh, again, really enjoyed having you on here. Uh, if people want to reach out to you, Brad, how do they get a hold of you? They can reach out through your coaching program. So if they want to join our coaching program on your website, there's a link there. So we can have a free meeting with people. Let's see if they're a good fit and go on from there so we can help people. Also, I've got a Facebook apartment page. It's Apartment Investors of Michigan. I like to share a lot of articles and research type things on there. It's a nice little network. It's got about 150 people in it now and growing. So that's another good community I'm in. Awesome, man. Great to have you back here. And uh, like I said, I look forward to watching you grow and evolve. So thanks again. Yep. Same here. Thanks for having me, Michael. Now, the thing I want to point out with Brad is that it was less than two years from the time that he decided he was going to do a multifamily decision point. We talked about that. And he did it even though he didn't have prior experience. He had some single family house rentals, which almost everybody you know, sitting in a RIA has. Doesn't really buy you much. He didn't have it all figured out. He was very anxious over it. He just kind of did it. He just kind of did the next thing. Now, he had some money in his IRA, which you normally can't use in your own deals. But what he did is he did an early withdrawal. And that proves to me that he was creative. He goes, I got to figure this thing out. And when that fund ran out, he figured out what to do next, which is to raise money, which is what I teach all the time. And if you don't have an IRA, then go right to straight, straight to raising money. There's really no excuse if you don't have experience or you don't have your own money. There's no excuse not to get started. And Brad is just another data point proving that. So two years, guys. Imagine from where you're right now, you're sitting where you're now driving at the gym. You're listening to this. And you're like, man. I need to change my life. I can't be in the same spot that I am right now this time next year. It's unacceptable to me. If you've made that kind of decision, today's your decision point. Go out and do whatever you got to do to educate yourself. Go to my website, themichaelblank.com, and consume every free content I have. And when you're done with that and you want more, there's some paint contents and paint training and coaching that you can take a look at as well. Go to Bigger Pockets, consume everything they have. Network with people at Urea on Bigger Pockets and just start getting into it. All right. So those are the lessons right now. Two years is your retirement plan. Right now, if you so choose, you have a two year retirement plan with apartment buildings, just like Brad did. So anyway, you got your marching orders. You got to decide right now if you want to do that. 
Uh, in the meantime, I do want to recognize some people leaving reviews on iTunes. I really appreciate it. I love reading those things. Uh, let's see. We have a few people here that left some reviews. We have, let me get my notes here. We got Smiling Vinny. I appreciate Smiling Vinny. And Salter, Salter S. Schl. Salter Schl. Appreciate that, guys. So if you love the show, just go over to iTunes and leave me a, a quick review. I'd love to see that, and I'll call you out. Uh, speaking of free content, if you have not done so already, and we talked about raising money, and you have not done so, check out my free ebook called The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. And that's on themichaelblanc.com forward slash ebook, or just go to themichaelblanc.com and just uh, you'll see it there as well. You can get also, also via text by texting secret book to 44222. That's secret book to 44222. Go ahead and do that now while it's still fresh in your mind. I do have some exciting news I'm doing on my first in-person live conference workshop in October called the Financial Freedom Summit. And this is not a beginner's course, though. This is going to require you having gone through my online course. And if you sign up for that, which is at themichaelblanc.com forward slash event, if you go there, you'll see that if you buy a ticket there, you'll actually get my online course. So this is an advanced thing. The whole thing with the Financial Freedom Summit is to experience your first deal. Okay, like I talked about, it's all about the first deal. And I want to get you as close to the real thing as I can. I've done this twice before, virtually, not in person. This one's going to be in person, so it's going to be better. And the impact to the participants has been mind-changing, mind-blowing, because we're going to go through a deal together from start to finish over the course of the weekend. It'll be almost like having done your first deal, and your comfort zone will have expanded dramatically. So if that's what you want to do, that you want to experience that, go to michaelblanc.com forward slash event and check it out. And if you so choose, sign up and I'll see you in October. But you got to hurry because seats are now very limited. The class is almost full. All right, guys, listen, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Block. For more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to themichaelblanc.com. There, you can also download the free ebook, The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Till next time.